Okie dokie, we do a little test and we check it and see if it's working and is. And so, please welcome, let's let's welcome our our friends uh, across cyberspace to my girlfriend begrudgingly reads Dune. Yeah, which is an inaccurate. Oh yeah, we have news, people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wake up, sheeple. Yeah, listen, you're all living in the matrix. That's our news. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh man, my did I tell you that Rob the other day? He was like, we gotta do like a script that's. I shouldn't even tell what the script idea is. Yeah, don't give it all away. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Well, I'll get it there with Rob, but it was. Let's just say it was for a parody movie, and it was a pretty fun idea. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We'll Except that you that. know, no one likes parody movies, but except I like for me, parody movies. I mean, I like Airplane. Airplane's a good one. I like. What's another one? Do you like the scary movies? I I saw the first scary movie mm-hmm. uh, with my mom in New York City. And it was a packed house, and we just laughed our asses off the whole time. The place was going wild. Is Scout licking your foot really aggressively? Uh, yeah. She's licking and biting, and it's a whole thing. But it's all loving. It's all very uh-huh. loving. Yeah. No, but we... Oh, sorry. Did we have some news or something? Yeah. So... Uh, we're not going to do it, but the name of the podcast should be changed to My Fiance Begrudgingly Reads Dude. That's true. Yes. We're not going to change it. It'll still be Girlfriend, but maybe when we change formats or when we change the book, yeah, maybe it'll change to My Fiance Begrudgingly Reads Dune. Yeah. Fiance, there's not a boy or girl. That's not a gendered word, right? Fiance? I actually think it's fiance. It's. Uh, it has one e. It's it's how many e's it has. Oh, it's got three e's for yes and two e's for no or something. No, it's got like one e for boy and two e's for girls or something like that. Mm. Ow, 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 oh boy. But I don't ow, speak ow, French, so ow, I don't really ow, know. Ow, 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 it's too much. Ow, ow. But uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh man, the cat is just going to town on Sean's foot right now. It's like, like she's. I was gonna take this. I mean, I brought it upon myself, really. Yeah. But it's kind of. She just gets this wild look in her eyes sometimes, and that's how you know there's you I'm can't you just can't get out of take it. A quick vid. So people. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> Anyway, so we're on fianced. That's true. The problem is I'm a total, I'm a, I'm a real cinnabite when it comes to cats attacking me. Mm-hmm. You know, the line between pleasure and pain is sometimes non-existent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm only that way with cats attacking me. But look at that crazy face she's making. Yeah, like, or what about the thing where she like looks like Shere Khan because she's like holding her mouth open and like panting. Yeah. With her like eyes wild and ears bad. She just. She's a beautiful cat, and sometimes she just gets beautiful in a really murdery way. Yeah, I'm gonna. T- I'm a, I've, took a, I've taken a bunch of pictures of yeah. her tonight, so mm-hmm. people will know. Because we, because as I said to you earlier, it's like 
you were like should we like declare scout like a special guest star and i was like scout is always here every time like the yeah. past five times we've talked about and her i think we might talk about her too much yeah maybe we talk about her too much <laughs> or maybe we should just have a special podcast just about like what's up with scout what's scout doing yeah hmm. maybe i don't know i feel like that's like a a background motif or something like a a light motif or late motif or lead motif I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've heard people say that on other podcasts. I don't actually know what it means. Okay, cool. We'll look that up later. I feel like it's like a motif, but it's like just lightly in there. So it's like a light motif. Well, I also get confused. Okay, so I'm pretty sure like in English class when mm-hmm. I was growing up, there's like a theme and then there's a motif or something. Mm-hmm. And I think a motif is more like... If a bunch okay, like in the Scarlet Redder let scar blah, the Scarlet Letter mm-hmm. I'm like the color red is like a motif. Yeah. Or the color scarlet. Yeah, like red is like a metaphor for scarlet. No. That's not what I said. <laughs> it's not what I would well, say. Well that's what I understood. I got very good grades in English class. Good. But I still am not totally sure if I understand what a motif is. Okay. That's fine. Uh, are you going to be able to do this podcast or are you too distracted by the cat straight up? Look how blissed out she looks all of a sudden. I know. She just loves it. I'll take a picture. Put all these pictures on Twitter. Don't worry, everybody. And as long as I remember to do it. That's the tricky part. Yeah. I'll try to remind you. Yeah, but right now she's just like, is this exactly what I I feel like so far this episode is really boring and super all over the place and way too much about our cat. Okay, well, let's talk about what happened. Uh, here's here's the truth, as I'm stalling, because I don't remember what happened, even though I read it two days ago. But as soon as you start to talk about what happened, I, it'll all You'll lock remember. in. And I'll remember. That's how my memory works. My memory is like prompt driven. Okay. So, well, so lay it on me. Let's do a recap. Recap. All right. Recap. All right. Cool. We'll just do that. That sounds good. Um, oh, well, I mean, that's okay, well, right? First thing I want to let the listeners know is that a, not only has a fourth flag been added to the book. Oh. Last episode, but now but a, a post-it. A po- well, I just put the post-it in as like a, um, as a, you know, what do you call it? Bookmark? Bookmark. There you go. Yeah, that's smart. We have... We are less than 10 chapters away from finishing this book, and we have never had a bookmark (laughs) the entire time. But it seems to be working out, so it's fine. We need, like, some bookmark merch. Yeah, mark Mm -hmm. merch. Um, That's your stepdad's merch. How often it is that the angry man rages denial of what his inner self is telling him, don't you think? Yeah, right? How often that happens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no. I hear that, you know, I don't like, I don't like to face my shit. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so, you do, but after you do it, it feels good. You're glad that you did facing shit, in my opinion. Does you know? it? I don't know. It varies. That's what therapy's about. Like, I guess so. Like you start, you go into therapy and you do that like that hilarious tweet i saw where it's just those cave ladies going i don't want to do the work today i don't want to do the work today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and 
that's how I usually feel going into therapy. But then after therapy, I'm like, glad I did therapy. Good job, Sean. Time to fucking did what you need to do today. Time to go smoke a bowl and drink. Sure. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. Um, That's the reaction you're supposed to have. That's healthy. (laughs) You're supposed to want to post-game therapy with (laughs) a bunch of substances? Uh Okay, cool. Um... Ugh, I don't know. There, there's so many ledges in this chapter. <laughs> I noticed it, they came out hot with the Ugh, ledges. It's they like, really did. So, it's but like, I'm thinking, okay, this explanation of the ledges, I feel like there is, um, I don't know how to describe. There is like the ledge is like it's a, it's two, it's two to three feet. Up off of the floor of like the cavern where everybody is there's like a there's like an open space there's like an open space in this in the cave right and it's like a flat flat ground everybody's can walk around you can play hacky sack you can do it's like the quad mm-hmm. of the cave you mm-hmm. know it's like mm-hmm. the, the the main area of the set right okay the common area um, and but then up on the ledge it's like maybe two, three feet off the ground. It's running around the the perimeter of the cave. And it's like, this is where you walk when you're not trying to like mess up somebody's hacky sack game. You know, when you're just trying to get in and out of your little, the little what rooms. Did that, what, what? Okay. Do fine. you see what I'm saying? That sounds like a balcony, but that's fine. No, 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 not a balcony. It's not because it's not, it's only two or three feet off the ground. You can't get underneath of it like you can a balcony. You can't get underneath it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just—it's like okay. it's just a step. It's land. It's like I see earth. That's how I'm imagining it these days. I used to imagine it differently, but you like got your tits in such a twist about ledges that I'm. Yeah, they're still all twisted up. I haven't untwisted them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of fucking ledges and gurneys there. Mm-hmm. Um and. Okay, I'm trying to remember what happened. Yes, mm-hmm. and like, there's still this thing going on between Paul and Stilgar, and like, the basically, you know, Paul doesn't want to lose Stilgar, but mm-hmm. he knows that like, there's a Fremen thing. Like the Fremen are just inclined to be like, only one of you can rule, and you have to fight to the death or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Basically, blah, blah. um, I, you know, Sean, I'm not really that great at remembering what went on in this chapter that I just read. Like, yeah, you just read an well, hour and ago. Okay, so um, basically, uh, all right. So Paul's like, listen, stop this infighting. Mm-hmm. With really, we should be fighting our real enemies. Yeah. The Harkonnens. Yeah. Which is, you know, how I wish that um, poor white people had been, like, back, you know, during the Reconstruction era. Oh, when we should be fighting our what? Our real enemies, the rich white people, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, no, we should be fighting our enemies, the black people, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and also, yeah. And then the poor white people also were uh, afraid of the rich northerners coming down as carpetbaggers. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the thing that my 
that my family growing up, people are always like, God, those carpetbaggers. What is a carpetbagger? I literally have a carpet bag. Does you do? I've never a seen carpet a carpet bag, bag before, but I've, I've, I know a carpet bagger is a person who comes at like after a conflict from, in general, like in specifically, it was when Northerners came to the South mm-hmm. to make, to, you know, to, st- to start up businesses and make money. Um, in the opportunity uh, that it was the you know financially devastated South mm-hmm. and you know in every other way devastated South, um, and so it was that I think the white the white Southerners perceived these white Northerners coming down as like they they were called them carpetbaggers and they were like they're here to like take our money and make like make pay like with the opportunity they're not from here yeah. and they're just here to make money they're off here of to us. they're here to take advantage of the opportunities that are here it's yeah. like and, the, and, is, and like if they weren't here we could be taking advantage of these opportunities or something like that it's like the people from like new york city who like buy houses in western mass with all cash and they're just like oh you know they just come in and they just like buy up houses and, yeah i think it's yeah. just i think it's kind of that thing kind of idea but as you say it's like they were the the real enemy was i just want all of our listeners to know that like for as long as you've been listening to this podcast our cat scout has been waging a war on sean's feet for this entire 13 minutes and 24 5 seconds she's been kind of nice about it yeah yeah she hasn't like gone over the line yet. Sometimes she's she goes over the line. So this is kind of good for us because, like, as long as she doesn't like hurt me, then we're okay. Like we can play this way. Uh huh. But mm, sometimes it's too much. Do you think Scout thinks feet are kittens? I don't know. I, I think mean, feet kind of look like kittens. I think she just thinks feet are like these delicious, amazing, wonderful, infuriating. Um, things that must be loved and destroyed at yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. As I've said, she Scout thinks of feet the way Louise Louise thinks, thinks of, of boo boo from yeah. Boys for Now on right. Bob's Burgers. So yep. if you're a Bob's Burgers fan, you know exactly how Scout responds to feet, especially that have thick wool socks on them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so. Like, I don't know, Sean. I feel like basically what happened in this chapter was Paul was like, we should be fighting the Harkonnens. Yeah. And everybody was like, yeah, let's fight the Harkonnens. Well, let me say this. This is the this is the fulfillment of 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 what we were we were looking for. All right. Stop kicking me. Stop it. She oh, does the, she's making the, Oh, my face. God. That face. Oh, my God. Let's see if I can take a picture yeah. of how she does it. What's it doing? Uh, sh- no, no, she's, she's done. Never she literally just hangs her mouth open and sticks her tongue out, which is just a really weird, disconcerting face for a cat. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all can picture that, but anyway. So what's but what's happening is is you know we've had the the threat that you know was they're gonna get to the south and then Paul. And Stilgar are going to have to have it out, and Paul's going to have to kill Stilgar because yeah. he needs to, because he needs to be. There can only be one leader of the Fremen, uh-huh. right? And the only way to become a leader of the Fremen is to kill the last guy. It's Klingon style. Yeah. So that's been the that's been the problem for both of them because you know 
uh, Stilgar doesn't want to be killed, but he also is willing to to be killed by Paul so that so that Paul can become the leader because they both recognize that Paul needs to be the leader of the Fremen. Yeah. But Paul recognizes Stilgar as a valuable person. He loves Stilgar. And, you know, Stilgar is important to, to this whole thing. He also sees through prescience shit about, you know, what's going to happen. I can't tell at this point whether he's really trying to avoid the jihad still or if he's like, like whatever. Fermenting about. the jihad. Yeah, right. Um, because he is doing this battle cry, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we we do get the we do get the 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 Fremen battle cry. Long live the fighters of Muad'Dib. Yeah, but he also is like, let's wage war on the Harkonnens. Yeah, he's, he's like, like let's, go let's just fucking do it. Um, but but here, they're back. You know, they're talking to Jessica, as I recall. You know, she's there. She's uh, in the mix. Yeah, she's in the mix. Um. They know they've got Gurney now, but Gurney's like hanging off to the side. But what they have to do is they have to do this choreographed thing, which is Paul has to be well, like. And Jessica's like, "Who wants me to lead the Fremen?" And they're like, "Yeah, do it now." And he's like, "What do you think? I'm stupid?" And they're like, "Why?" And they're like, "Do you think I'm so dumb that I would cut off my right arm?" Right? And do you know what I'm talking about? Did that happen in this chapter? Oh, did that not happen in this chapter? I feel did you like read that the right happened chapter? in the last chapter. Oh. Maybe I. I don't know. Maybe I missed it. But the other interesting thing is that Jessica is like, oh, Gurney's here. I have such fond memories of Gurney. Oh, and his bell set and his songs and blah, blah, blah. We haven't even gotten to the most interesting thing that happens in this chapter, which is basically that Gurney follows Jessica back to her room mm, okay. and that's, tries to kill her. We're on the right chapter. Yes, that's that's we're on the same. I was worried for just a second that we hadn't read the same chapter. But yes, yeah. that was the thing that happened. Right, because that was the other thing that we were promised was from the chapter before. Gurney was like, Jessica's still alive. I'm going to kill her. She was the betrayer. Yeah, right. so he gets her hand, his hands on her mm-hmm. and, like, sticks a, you know, he's got his knife to her back or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But he also, the last chapter ended with him being like, I need to make sure Paul knows what the deal is with his mother before I kill her. Yes, yes. So, you know, Gurney's got Jessica by the neck and mm-hmm. he's got a knife in her back. Mm-hmm. And it's scary, but... And, like, I guess, thank God, Frank Herbert never wanting to let any suspense build at all. Just, Paul just, like, walks into the room after Gurney said, like, one sentence about why he wants to kill Jessica. Mm. And he's like, oh, I get it. That was a misunderstanding, bro. And, like, he talks him down. But it's tough. It's touch and go there for a sec. I feel like, yeah, like, you're, I feel like you're kind of glossing over this I'm really big, over. important please. event. Well, please, well, no, it is big. It's big. Impo- it's important. Let's say more. Because, yeah, so Paul comes in and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And Gurney's like, your mother betrayed you. Mm-hmm. And Paul and Paul's like, no, it was UA. Mm-hmm. And Gurney's like, no, UA is very trustworthy and a doctor and blah, blah, blah. He's got the imperial training. He can't hurt anybody. Yeah. Condi- imperial conditioning. And then the weird thing is that Paul, like, he's like, I have evidence, but I can't show you right now because mm-hmm. it's at the other set, like, mm-hmm. way down in the desert or whatever. And they don't digitize shit. Yeah. They not put they're not putting this stuff on film books on sugar wire. They just like they have solid evidence. Right. 
And Gurney's like, I don't believe you. And Paul's like, well, you don't know all this emotional turmoil my mother's been through mm-hmm. about the death of her duke. I, it's not even her husband, right? Oh, yeah. So, well, I think the evidence he had is like, we have a letter from from Yue that he put in the ornithopter, mm-hmm. you know, to like, along with all the shit that we needed to like survive the desert that he put there for us. Gurney's like, I saw this letter and it said that your mother was guilty. Paul's like, yeah, I saw that letter. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. He's also like, my dad was he told me that he was going to pretend that like my mother was under suspicion but he wanted me to know that he never was to her and that like he always knew that she was true blue the whole the weird thing is like that paul and jessica have this whole exchange it's very emotional Mm -hmm. and i kept like going back to figure out what convinced gurney but it's not super clear like at some point he's just like oh my god i'm terrible i betrayed my duke or i you know something like that i think it was just you know he the point of the knife he says okay yeah uh, what you've not done is heard my mother sobbing in the night over her lost duke. You have not seen her eyes step flame when she speaks of killing Harkonnens. So at some point, Gurney he just he like throws a whole he bunch backs of stuff. off. Yeah, he's like, and he's like he's like put your knife right here in my breast. I mm. say I say kill me and have done with it i've besmirched my name i've betrayed my own duke blah mm-hmm. blah blah yeah so i don't know paul i guess gurney just listens to this exchange between well, yeah. paul and he's jessica like, he's and like he's convinced he's like yeah he's like we did the you know he he hears about how they've got evidence of ua mm-hmm. and like from ua's own hand um He's like, listen, you know that the you know that ha- the Atreides rule with love, and it's the Harkonnens who rule with fear. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, you know, you know what this is about. You know how, what what loyalty is bought by how the how the Harkonnens versus the Atreides by the by their loyalty. And he was like, what the Duke didn't understand about imperial conditioning is like it's is you know the Harkonnens uh, UA was you know the the hatred of the harkonnens was unfor- was stronger than the love of the duke that sort of thing that's what did it mm-hmm. or, uh, and the, the love of his wife who they had you know abducted and killed right probably did horrible things too before that well so there's then there's this really awkward moment where like oh yeah gurney is still like it's, Gern- it's the thing where where like somebody has just stopped crying yeah. You know, like, I, uh, and you're, everybody's just kind of standing around, they like, okay, okay, and the guy's yeah. still, like, sniffling or something, and you're like, just, hey, bud, I hear you're really good at guitar. Yeah. You want to play us a guitar, one of your guitar songs on right. your guitar? So Gurney, and he's like, yeah, I guess I could do that. And he's still sniffling. He, plays yeah. a bell set for mm-hmm. Jessica mm-hmm. right after he literally was just trying to stab her in the back. Mm-hmm. It all sounds very awkward. Well, maybe that's one of those things where, you know, the one of the Bene Gesserit skills is you can uh, recover from almost being yeah, but murdered I, by somebody. I feel like Paul's the one who's like, uh, I gotta or go, I gotta like do other things. Yeah, because he had to go run and, and do a Stilgar thing or something. Yeah. Because the thing that we did, thing that we did gloss over was the, was that they figured out 
Paul, you know, Paul and Stilgar, apparently they had figured this out together, maybe, or maybe not. You know, this whole play acting thing where Paul was like, listen, you dim, you dumb shits. I'm not going to sacrifice Stilgar. Stilgar has acknowledged me as the Duke of all, uh, Duke Atreides, ruler of Arrakis. Mm-hmm. And he is the ruler of, of sipped tabber mm-hmm. and then maybe all of the other fremens as well mm-hmm. okay but still acknowledges me as the like imperial or the you know as the he's the planet guy he's the he's the straight laced guy he's the um what do you call it? he's the on the grid leader mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. is the off the grid leader mm-hmm. right and he's like we're gonna Take this fucking planet back. We're yeah. gonna kill all these Harkonnens. So Stilgar is like the Dick Cheney to Paul's George Bush, or he's like, or he's the McConnell. Mm-hmm. He's like Senate Majority Leader. You know, he's like, oh, yeah. I'm trying to draw you little, you know, right. But the, but the, he still has to answer to the what? He's got his own, but he's got his own shit to worry about. But much sexier than Mitch McConnell, mm. I gather. Oh yeah, I mean, who's he gonna be? It's Stilgar is gonna be played by like Oscar Isaac or somebody. Somebody is just like mm. not Jason Momoa. No, Jason Momoa is Duncan Idaho, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember exact, but yeah, it's oh oh no, it might be. You know who it might be? It might be. The dude that is, um, he was the, he was No Country for Old Men. You know, he was the murder guy. Oh, Benicio Del Toro? No. No, no. Not Benicio Del Toro. That's a different person. Is it? Yeah. You're being so racist right now against uh, Latin American people. All right. Well, Uh, sorry. Isn't he like a... It's starring... Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Yeah, I think Javier Bardem's in. He's he's in there. He's in the mix somewhere, but I'm not sure how. He's a sexy one. He is a sexy. He one. was not sexy in No Country for Old Men. <laughs> because of the haircut, or because of murdering everybody with that cow poker thing. And just I think all of it, you know. Oh yeah. All of the above. But you're not a person to turn to not say someone is sexy just because they're a serial murderer. What serial murderers do I think are sexy? I don't know. I can't tell what your deal is with serial murderers. I like them, but like I'm not attracted to them. Oh, okay. What's your fave? Oh, I know what your fave is. But you tell the tell the John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy is my fave, mostly because he. Uh, owned a KFC franchise and he asked his employees to call him the colonel or something like that. No, I, and because he ordered KFC as his last meal and because he was like a fucking weird clown and because it just seems so infeasible to me that he could be burying all these dead bodies in the crawl space under his house and his wife would just like not even think twice about the stench. Yeah. Did it smell? It smelled and like the, I think the excuse he made that she bought or at least got on board with Mm -hmm. was that there was like a sewage backup issue or something. But I'm pretty sure dead bodies smell really different. Yeah, they smell like death, not just poopies. Like sewage smells that, sewage has a very specific smell, but that's not dead people. No. Yeah. I don't know what dead people smell like, but one time I was touring this apartment building in Columbus when Mm -hmm. I was going to move there, and 
there was just like this uh, god awful stench mm-hmm. in the hallway and I just feel like I was like I can't identify that it is like the worst thing I've ever smelled based on everything anybody's ever said about how bad dead people smell mm-hmm. I think that there's maybe just a dead person in this building somewhere mm-hmm. but you, I don't know did you get any closure on that or no you just walked away never did no <laughs> well we were they gave That's us good. they gave us the keys to like look at an apartment and it was like down the hall we got we were walking it was me and my dad my dad and I we mm-hmm. were walking down the hall and like we started to smell this smell and it was just like yeah. Fuck that. I know yeah. we have keys, but no, let's just get out of here. Next place, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So. But you like, you're, you're interested in serial killers like uh, like most of the nation is. That's great. Yeah. That's fine. It's a really normal no, thing. It's not like there's, it's, it's a billion dollar industry like talking about serial killers. I mean, why do you think so killers. many people watch Dateline even though it's so insufferable? Oh, I know. Like stylistically, the most insufferable show that you could possibly watch. Yeah. I know, I know. People are interested in murders. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make the point that people have been interested in murders for a long time because Dateline's have... been on for a long time. Yeah, Dateline has been on the. You know, the first Dateline episode was about Jack the Ripper, and it was a new news story at that point. No, Jack the Ripper was like the 1800s. Yeah, that was the first Dateline. No, fuck you. Um. Okay. Here's what I don't get. Okay. What's the whole thing with drowning the maker? Can you help okay. me out there? Okay. So down in the bowels of every sitch. The bowels. The bowels. That's near, how it's pronounced. Near where they keep all the water. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've got a the little. They've got a little. Is that like the same place where? Paul deposited the water. Yes, yeah. similar place. Okay. But this, okay. I think that was technically a different setch. But yeah, yeah. But so they all have them, mm-hmm. and what they do is they they build a little like little playpen area with a moat of water around it. This is my interpretation. Okay, I'm not sure how it entirely accurate. And what they have down there is a little baby sandworm, a little maker. Okay. What and does he do? They keep it stunted. They keep it small because what they're going to do is they're going to drown that fucker in water. And the drowning sandworm, the drowning Shai Halud creates this substance, which is the poisonous water of life that they use for the orgies. That's the shit. They, that's the shit they brought in with the lead. They bought several liter johns of that shit in. So wait. And, so they, they... and they, they squirt it down the Reverend Mother's throat. She's like, uh, her Ben and Jesser body's like, oh, this is poison. Oh, but I can change the chemistry in my body because I'm a Ben and Jesserit and make mm-hmm. it into sex drug. And then sex drug. Boom. And then it's a catalytic sex drug so that like if it touches the rest of the water of life, it converts all of the leader johns into sex drug hold on so they're just holding on to this little maker to make sex drug yeah that's its only purpose yeah love that that's great mm-hmm. yeah. these fremen are just mm-hmm. m- more forward thinking than i even understood i mean it was kind of like when i made that weed butter and i was like i don't mm. know when we're gonna use this but you know it's just here. It's in the freezer. And it turns out when we're going to use it is when I'm having a horrible time sleeping. Thank you. You're welcome. Don't thank me. Thank. Mm. Boink. 
blank, yeah. blank, blank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who gave us some of that? Thank you and Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah. it's almost Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too bad we can't go to the Korean spa this year. Oh. Yeah. Do y'all out there in Dune Land like Korean spas? Send us AKA an email. A gentle bottle. Yeah. And just kidding. I know none of you ever email us about That's anything. That's not true. Every single podcast episode, I ask them to email us about something. Well, they don't email, but they do respond via Twitter mostly. Or Instagram oh, sometimes. What do they say? How come you never tell me? I what? do tell you. But the, so they respond to the questions I ask? No, they don't do that. Well, I just don't know what I'm even doing here. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine, babe. It's for this is for the ages and also for us. I was thinking the other day, like, how great it's going to be that we have um we have hours and hours. We have like thirty something we have forty hours of us in conversation together at this point yeah about dune yes but well, mostly about other things and actually, we're for me. like s- and supposedly how- we're like till death do us part yeah now so but it's gonna you be- know maybe sometime before our death we'll bust it out and be like yeah. remember back in the day sure it's we gonna be great so young and yeah. love mm-hmm. and we got betrothed yeah wait no betrothed i think is technically a different thing from engaged wait really uh, what the fucking difference would it be? Wait, is betrothed, that means you actually are married? No, I think betrothed is like an arranged marriage kind of thing. Oh, it's uh, what if it's like in, we're engaged to be engaged, that kind of thing? I think that's betrothed. So betrothed is engaged to be engaged? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I feel like we kind of like just glossed over that when we announced it but oh, I mean yeah we we are, are engaged now I mean that's what else to say I guess yeah I don't know I just feel like maybe we should be like Woo! yeah but yeah. it's not you know like if you were listening to a podcast would you want to hear yes like, I'd be like oh, so sweet okay. tell me everything okay good point good point I'll tell you guys everything. Uh, no, here's the best part. How about this? Dole it out over the course of the end into, into the exit. Okay. So just say one thing. I'll tell you the best part. Uh, it's the best part. The best part is that I, so Sean had a whole speech, got down on one knee, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was a little like, just, whoa. Because I actually surprised you. You did actually surprise yeah, me. Which is hard to Yeah. Do. And for me, because I'm a blabbermouth. So I had to make him repeat the speech. And when he repeated the speech, he threw in a Harry Potter reference <laughs> about the invisibility cloak. That I had cut out. Yeah. Early. And I was yes. like, I didn't hear that in the speech. And yeah, so I just love that there was like, you you had a Harry Potter reference thrown in there. You decided to cut it out, but you still couldn't help but share it with me i think i told you i i think i said what the spiel was to you again and you were like wait i'm confused about this part and i elaborated upon it by saying oh it's like in harry potter Mm -hmm. it's like in the deathly hallows the seventh harry potter book where um where they're talking to luna lovegood's dad Mm -hmm. and luna lovegood's dad is telling them about the deathly hallows and he's like and one of them's an invisibility cloak and you know and ron's like hold on gov that's not on 
everybody's got invisibility cloaks, don't they, bruv? And mm-hmm. and he's like, yes, but they're but have you ever seen one that's like super mega awesome that never loses its charm and always stays invisible and doesn't break and like if people shoot uh, like uh, spells at you when you're under the cloak they don't work and they're all just sitting there like mm, actually we have one of those and always have had that mm-hmm. and I compared that to a thing where your friend where a friend of ours was describing his ideal relationship which he had never had and I was like oh I already have that with Caitlin she's sitting right here and so she was like my invisibility cloak in that time mm-hmm. and that's what it was yeah so I'm an invisibility cloak for hire if mm-hmm. you need anybody if you need to be invisible um, I charge but babe you're like the best invisibility cloak ever that was created by the Grim Reaper wait what have you even not read Harry Potter Do you, they, you I don't remember there being a grim reaper in the, harry potter okay you know that grim reaper is also known as death oh yeah uh-huh. okay so do you remember the story of the peveril brothers from oh, beetle the no. bard from harry potter and the deathly you Hallows? know what no i remember the invisibility cloak okay good for you <laughs> did you dude bro do you even yes i've read all of the harry potters right. okay okay all right Anyways, let's not get into it. I feel weird even talking about Harry Potter these days, so... Oh, yeah, because of that notorious turf. Yeah, notorious T-E-R-F. Yeah. It's, it's whatever. She's a complicated lady. There's, I think she does a lot of good in the world, and she has also she done some, some extremely shitty books. things uh, lately. She wrote some great books. Emphasis on the she, because that's mm. how she would want it. <laughs> Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I was I was onto her from early on. Whenever she was doing that thing where she was, she was like, uh, whenever they brought out the the what's the the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the Broadway play, and they cast they did colorblind casting and cast a, a black woman to play Hermione, mm-hmm. and she was like, I never said Hermione wasn't black, and I was like, cool. She, True, you technically did not, but every single other black character in those books, you always said immediately when they were black. Mm-hmm. And the only reason you didn't tell us Sho Chang was Chinese was because you gave her a you know very poorly thought out like uh, Asian name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, Kingsley Shacklebolt. The first time you see him, she says, "Oh, a tall, handsome black wizard." And uh, the um, uh, Dean, 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 yeah, Dean yeah. Norris or Dean. Yeah, the, Dean Thomas. The, yeah, the Dean Quidditch Tom- announcer. Yeah, the Quidditch announcer who is uh, yeah. Fred and Fred and George's fr- best friend. Yes, she also declares him black quite early on. Anywho, well, you know, it so was, was a like, different All right, time. Tra- well, she was just trying. She's trying to be more woke than you actually were at that point, and that's okay. Yep. You know, we're all on our own journeys. We're all on our own journeys. You don't have to act like you were always, you know, twenty years ahead of the curve or something. Yeah, I mean, some of us have been 20 years ahead of the curve the whole time. Good but... for you. All right. Here's your paths. No, I'm for just wokest kidding. person in the room. I'm just kidding. No, I fucking suck at being woke. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a process, right? You don't... Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, I 
get out there and I do my thing and I try to like do right in the world and I fuck up a lot mm. and part of being an actually woke person is being like hey sometimes I'm gonna fuck this up and mm. that's okay because yeah. people fuck things up mm. so that's me I fuck shit up a lot mm. I make a lot of mistakes I'm not ever the wokest person in the room Mm-hmm. And I love everybody, and I hope they love me. Okay, and that's the ish. Do you want do you want that to be the show? Sure, that could be the show. Okay, well, or you could think up something super fucking hilarious to say. Right? Think up uh, like just oh, or just don't say, think, something, just say really something really hilarious. hilarious like, yeah. okay, well, so um, have you ever heard this joke? Mm-hmm. Three guys walk into a bar. Uh huh. The fourth one ducks. Mm, I get it. <laughs> okay, cool. That's yeah. that was, that's all I got. Yeah. Okay, now you think of something super hilarious. Okay. Um. So, uh, guy walks into the bar into a bar and he looks really, um, you know, sad. Sad. Yes. And he's sitting at the bar and he. He's got this bag, and he pulls out of the bag this tiny piano and this this just like this little man in a tuxedo that must have been only a foot tall. Mm-hmm. And he puts him down on the bar, and the man in the tuxedo starts playing the piano. It's just the most beautiful music you've ever heard, the most beautiful mm-hmm. piano music. And the guy that brought it in is just sort of looking at it very despondently, you know. Mm-hmm. And the bartender says, what the heck's wrong with you, man? That's amazing. That's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Look at this little guy. It sounds beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, yeah. It's, it's all because of this damn magic lamp I've got. And he pulls out of the bag. He's got a magic lamp. Mm-hmm. Or, or a lamp, you know, like Aladdin. He's like, listen, he's just... He's like, it's... I got this thing. It grants you whatever wish you want. If you just, like, rub on it and, like, whisper what you want. Varden says, that's amazing. That's great. That's fantastic. And, uh, like, can I try it? And he's like, yeah, sure. But just make sure you speak very carefully whenever you whenever you wish for something. Mm-hmm. So the bartender picks up the lamp and he rubs it and he whispers into it. All of a sudden, the bar is just full, like, poof, immediately just full of every kind of, like, mallard and like white duck and like geese just um, just every every kind of waterfowl like uh, the the mandarin duck you know mm-hmm. they're all in there every mm-hmm. kind of duck in the world mm-hmm. and uh, the barge is like what the fuck is this i asked for a million bucks not a million ducks mm-hmm. and the guy says yeah you have to speak clearly do you think i asked for a 12 inch pianist mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm gonna cut all that out I think we should end this. Yeah. All right. We're cutting both of that. We're going to be cutting this whole thing out. Wait. All right. No. I think we should just... <laughs> Let's do a quick, quick edit point. So uh-huh. Shut up for just a second. Shut up for five seconds. I'm going to count it off. Don't wait. Don't tell me to shut up. Can you say it nicer? Darling, would you mm-hmm. join me in a moment of silence, please, mm-hmm. for five seconds so okay. that we can cut the awfulness that we just put into this podcast? I out. think we should just leave it. 
So, yeah. Ha 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 ha